Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. All right, as you are making your way back to your seats and and getting situated, uh, we're going to continue walking through the book of 1 John. And I just want to remind everyone of, of the themes of why John says he wrote these additional letters in addition to writing the Gospel of John. Uh, the first thing he says is to combat false teachers. And we talked about that the first week. It's, that's why he comes right out the gate and says, Hey, uh, I met Jesus. I know Jesus. This is true. He shares his testimony. It's to combat, combat the false teachers who are saying false things and giving out false teaching about Jesus. Then he talks about, and we talked about that last week, talk more about it this week, about unity and obedience to God. Obedience meaning if we say that we're Christians, then we should live our lives in a God-honoring way that reflects the way that Christ lived his life, right? Um, and then Throughout the Bible, love God, love others, over and over and over. Just nod your head if you've heard that before. Love God, love others throughout the Bible. No one nodded their head. Wow. Yes, have people heard that before? Love God, love others, that's what God... Oh, everyone's eating weed as water ice, that's why. (laughs) Brain freeze. Okay, so over and over, he goes through all this. This morning, though, we're going to center on uh, two of the things that he talks about. Obedience to God... Not like blind obedience, but living our way in the way that God, our lives in the way that God says we should, right? He's going he's gonna to differentiate between those who do and those who don't, but he's also going to emphasize again, loving God and loving others, right? So if you have a Bible, open it up to the book of 1 John. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 3 if you want to follow along. I'm going to put all the verses up here on the screen. One, because I'm going to jump around, and two, because I want you to see I'm not making this up. We need to read this together. Um, he starts off in 1 John chapter 3, right? Uh, he says, everyone, everyone, some versions might say all people, but most, the emphasis they're trying to get across is every single person, everyone who sins breaks the law. Right? Because there are people saying, well, if I'm just doing this, I'm not really breaking the law. And it's not talking about the law like, you know, the speed limit 55. He's talking about God's moral laws of what's right and what's wrong. And he's going to get into that in more detail because to show that he's talking about doing what's right and doing what's wrong. He says everyone, every person, in fact, who sins, breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. Right? And we talked about how there's sin the noun and sin the verb. Sin the noun is lawlessness. It's, it's being without the law. But he says, you know that he, meaning Jesus, appeared so that he might take away our sins, right? the nouns that are in all of us, the sin that, that keeps us from being in a relationship with God. And he says, in him is absolutely no sin. Right? Bear with me. Because then he says, this is how we know who the children of God are, and who the children of the devil are. Now that's a harsh statement, but he's about to say, hey, if you're over here doing what God has said to do, living your life in a way that God said, then this is how we know you're a child of God. But if you're not, then you're over here, 
you're a child of the devil. And that may seem harsh, but if you're not following God, then other verses say you're following the kingdom of this current world, which is Satan. He says, here's how we know. Anyone, anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child. So he established, hey, we know that sin, right, doing what's morally right, that's what God wants us to do. Anyone who says, well, I'm not going to do that, you're not over here. You're not a child of God. You're over here. You're a child of the devil. And that, again, sounds harsh, but it's a harsh truth. And he says, look at this. He says, anyone who doesn't do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. So if you claim to be a Christian, whether it be Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever, and I'm not loving you, I'm not over here. I'm not, I'm not over here in the child of God. I'm, I'm actually over here a child of the devil. And it's harsh, but this is the length he's willing to go to to make sure that we understand, again, throughout the Bible, we're supposed to love one another. There's not supposed to be this huge separation in the way that we love other people, right? Now, he's going to dig into a lot more verses. This one's going to be a little bit more harsh. He says in verse 11 through 12, this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Again, not a new thing. Almost every book of the Bible that we teach through, somehow, in some form, that comes up loving one another, right? From Genesis to Revelation. But here's where he says this. this, He says, do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. So he's telling us, hey, if you claim to be a Christian, and you don't have to raise your hand because we're not trying to judge anyone, but if you claim to be a Christian, then you shouldn't be over here which we know is the child of the devil, like Cain. Now, Cain, forgive me, children, literally beat his brother to death. And we might say, well, I don't physically beat anyone. I haven't been in a fight since fifth grade or whatever. That's true. But what we as Christians do is we don't beat people up, is that we tend to just smack them down because they don't do the things that we think are Christian. So if they don't look the right way, we tend to smack them, right? If they don't talk the right way, we tend to smack them. So we don't physically beat our brothers to death, but we do beat them down with our words. And what he says is, hey, don't do that. Don't be like Cain who physically beat his brother to death. And he said, why didn't he murder him? Because his actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. So he acknowledges Cain was supposed to be a child of God, but he was a child of the devil because his actions were evil. What were his actions? To beat his brother down. Why did he beat his brother down? And if you don't know the story, he literally beat his brother to death because his brother said, I'm going to worship God this way. But Cain wanted to worship God his way. And his brother didn't judge him or condemn him for doing it. But he beat his brother to death because of their differences, even though they claim to be brothers. Just like, hey, if we're Christians, then we're supposed to be brothers and sisters. 
We're supposed to be family. And even though we don't beat one another to death, we tend to beat one another down because of our differences. Now, look at this. This is, this is I, I, I kid you not, this is, I asked in a pastoral group, right, as I was preparing for this, earlier this week, I think like Monday or Tuesday, I said, hey, what are some of the mean things you've heard church folks say to one another? Like, how do we beat one another down with our words? And then later that afternoon, it was like one or two things, and I was like, well, that's not really mean. It's just, you know, maybe a little critical, but it's not mean. And then I woke up the next morning, and there were dozens upon dozens upon dozens of things. And if you guys think I'm making this up, I'm going to show you what some of the things they put. If you guys think I'm making this up, contact Mark Berkshire, Pastor Mark. You guys know him. He's in the same Facebook group with thousands of pastors just like me. And he can go look up and pull up and say, yeah, that's exactly what they said. He can see the question I asked and he can see all the comments that people made. So the first one was like, I was like, this isn't really critical, right? It's not like beating one another down. People say, why are you letting people have coffee in the sanctuary? It's not really beating one another down. I've had people say that to me. Why are you letting have people? I didn't take it seriously because they had coffee while they were saying this to me. And I'm like, really? And I've had people criticize and say, hey, I I love everything you're doing, but the time that you spend during the meet and greet, I'm an introvert. I really don't want to get up and go greet people. And I'm thinking, yeah, but... You guys hear me when I stand up here and I say, as you're making your way back to your seats, sometimes I say it two or three times because that person who complained was one of the people that was still standing around walking and talking to everybody in the room. And so I had to keep saying it, keep saying it. They're not here right now. Everyone's looking around like, who's that? But I, I, I didn't take that seriously, right? This, is, this wasn't critical. This wasn't beaten down. This was just difference of opinion. And we're all going to have difference of opinion. But then someone posted this one. So-and-so's daughter's dress is too short. One of those passive-aggressive type comments that you make about other people. And the first thing I thought, and the pastor who posted this, he said the reason why this daughter had on such a short dress because the family couldn't afford to buy more clothing and the daughter was a growing girl and they couldn't just keep buying more clothing. And the thing that came to my mind is, why are they saying that to the pastor? If it's really a problem, why aren't they doing what the Bible says and go talk to the family? Why aren't they donating money to help the family buy more clothes if it bothers them that much, right? But it gets worse. Again, this was just one of the light ones. It gets worse. You don't need to get paid that much, is what someone said to the pastor. Those kind of things are harmful. And listen, I get people who comment out when I, I told you guys, I put videos on TikTok all day long. And I get people that comment all the time that says that I'm just in it for the money. That's why I'm putting videos on TikTok. That's why I became a pastor. And you guys who have seen our yearly budget, you know, that's like a lie from the pit of hell, right? Because from a, a, a church standpoint, the, the industry standard is uh, usually the pastor's budget can be uh, the pastor's salary comprises anywhere from usually 15 to 20 to 45% of the entire church budget. So like 20 to 45% of that to the pastor's salary. Mine is less than 1% of our budget. And it's not because our board isn't gracious or whatever. It's because I want to make sure the focus is on we have money to do ministry, not money to pay me. 
right? So you guys know that's not true. But then the next thing, listen, this, this one I had, to, I, I had no words for. I wish they were dead, said about the pastor and his wife. So here, I, I, I had no words. I, 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 couldn't, I didn't even want to put, you know, the sad tear face on the comment. I just, I just, I just kept scrolling because I couldn't know. I, even if I were the worst pastor on the planet, right, don't come for my wife. That, that just makes no sense. Especially if you're supposed to be a brother or sister in Christ, right? It gets worse but some of the really bad ones I couldn't put up here because then I, I just felt like we would all go home like defeated and angry or whatever. But it gets worse. They are not a Christian because look at how they, and then all the comments were, look at how they dress. Look at how many tattoos they have. Look at the color of their hair. And even though there were like bunches of things of People saying to their pastor, hey, they're not a Christian because look at how they, and they listed all these things. Not one of the things they listed was in the word of God that says, here's how you tell a Christian. Not a single one. But these are what church folk were saying about other church folk in their congregation. Like I said, sometimes we can be the best, but sometimes we don't beat our brothers to death, but we are ready to smack them down. And this is why John says, don't do that. And this, this one was kind of harsh too. Don't let them be one of the people to help sing or to help lead or to help uh, be on the board or to help with the outreach. And the them was usually if it was a white person, don't let that black person. If it was a rich person, don't let that poor person. If it was a poor person, don't let that rich person. Don't let them be the people that help us do whatever. But if you look through the Bible, God wants every single person on the planet to be a part of his family. And once we become a part of his family, we're supposed to be involved in helping to share the gospel. This last one is the last one I'm going to put up because it, get, it got so dark from there. But even after this one, I was like, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I thought I would get one or two or three things, but there were so many. But this, this last one, just I didn't know what else to say. If you baptize the black boy, I'm leaving, is what someone told the pastor. And the understanding was white congregation. But if you baptize the black boy, I'm leaving the church, the congregation. And see, those are people who don't understand that what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to send, equip you guys to go out to share the gospel with people in your circles of influence. And as they come in and they step across the line of faith, we're supposed to baptize them. Regardless of their race, regardless of their color, regardless of their political or economic status. But this is why John said, hey, don't be like Cain, who beat his brother down because he, he, he wasn't over here a child of God. He was over here, a child of the evil one, right? So John goes on and he says this. He says, anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer. 
Jesus said the same thing, which is, you know, why John knew that. He said, if you, if you, you, you say, I'm not a murderer, but you hate your brother or sister in your heart, you've committed murder. You've, you've kind of killed them. He says, and you say, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Because if you have that hate in you, just like Jesus says, if you have hate in your heart, you're, you might as well have murdered them. That means it's not eternal life residing in you. It's not the Holy Spirit. You're not over here as a child of God. You're over here as a child of the devil, a child of the evil one. And I'm going to put this last verse up. He says, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And if you were writing this today, I think you would say, dear children, don't put up memes that say, I love Jesus. Don't wear the shirts and get the coffee cups that says, I love the Lord. If you're going to be over here, just beating people down because they don't look like you or think like you or act the way that you think they should act. He said, don't be over here just spewing out all the right words and typing up all the right posts and and putting up all the memes if your actions over here show that you're a child of the devil. Now, let me me show you what this looks like um, practically. Because there's there's this, this thing like over here, Cain, child of the devil. Over here, he said, Abel, his actions were righteous. He's just doing what God has called him to do. And we, we have the ability, right? We have the ability uh, uh, to either be over here when people, when we interact with people to where we say, hey, uh, we pull the chair out for them. We invite them to the table with us and we share and show the love of Christ to them and we treat them like family. And even if we have differences, we just, hey, I don't understand that, but let's talk about it. But we're welcoming to them. Or we can be like Cain over here, where our focus is on just beating them down because they're different. And let me share this. Two instances, two instances, right? And these are not what other pastors said. This is what I experienced. Where one of them was someone was just treated me like family. They were welcoming. And I, I, I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you what this is. Because of that person's welcoming actions, it's one of the main reasons why I'm a pastor here at this congregation, right? But the other person, what they focused on was, hey, I got to beat you down. And honestly, made me come really close to leaving this congregation as a pastor, right? So years ago, years ago, uh, before I was a pastor here, anyone remember Damian Williams? Uh, yeah, so Damian, uh, J- Pastor Jay Fields was the pastor here. Damian Williams was coming here to preach. I was coming with Damian, had never heard of Buell Baptist Church before, never heard of Jefferson Hills, Pennsylvania before. We were actually trying to plant a church in downtown Pittsburgh, but he was coming here that morning to preach, so I came with him. Now, of course, we were late, because that's how Damian rolled, and uh, my wife has perpetuated that for the last 15 years to make sure we stayed on task. So we were late, and when we got here, Pastor Jay was like, great, Damien's the speaker this morning. They're finally here. Take a few minutes, meet and greet one another. We'll continue in a few minutes, right? Great thing to do. I stood at the back. Damien came up to talk to Pastor Jay. Every other person in the room 
turned around to talk to someone they knew. Here, not a bad thing, except for, how many people remember Margaret Miller? Margaret Miller turned around, saw me, made a beeline for me, grabbed my hand, patted my hand and said, I am so glad you're here. How are you doing this morning? Do you have a place to sit? She made me feel so welcome. She talked to me for like, well, probably only like a minute or two, but made me feel like family, made me feel like I was walking into my grandmother's house and being welcomed like family. So I think it was weeks or months later, I don't remember how much longer later, but when Damien called and said, hey, Floyd, are you interested in being the pastor at, at the time here, but it was Beulah Baptist, the first thought that came to my mind was how welcome Margaret Miller made me feel. And I was like, yeah, if, 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 if I would love to be a part of a congregation full of Margaret Millers. Right? Now, also, praying about it, and yeah, make sure this is what God wants me to do, but I was like, oh, yeah, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Now, that contributed to me saying, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. If, if God's, this is where God wants me to go, I am all in. Now, the other situation, I think it was when I met with the board and I said, Here, here's some of the things I'm going to do. I'm going to gradually transition to more contemporary music. Not right away, just song every now and then, a couple of months. So I'm also going to gradually transition uh, to more casual clothing. Because this was like 15 years ago at a time when a lot of people were being ostracized and felt uncomfortable in church because if they couldn't afford suits and ties, they wouldn't go. So I was like, I'm going to gradually transition to that. So, and for those of you, if you've been in that bathroom, that used to be my office, and you open that closet door, sometimes it's open, there's a pair of pants hanging on a hanger because when I finally transitioned all the way to more comfortable clothing, I just left those in there. They've been in there for like 14 years. They're probably very dirty, but and they probably don't fit anymore, but they've been in there 14 years. But uh, So I started with dress pants, long sleeve collar shirt. I told him I wasn't doing a tie, that just wasn't me. Okay, dress pants and a uh, long sleeve collar shirt. And then every couple of weeks, I would throw in dress pants and a polo shirt. And then I go back to the collar shirt, then every couple of weeks, dress pants and a polo shirt. Then, after a couple of months, I transitioned to long sleeve collar shirt and jeans. Then I go back to, you know, the, the, the whole thing. And then I, I just kept transitioning. And then one Sunday, I was like, I'm, I'm going to go for the plunge. I did jeans and a polo shirt. Not, not a t-shirt like, like this. No Superman logos, no Batman logos. Just jeans and a polo shirt. And nobody said anything. Nobody, you know, did whatever. And then after that Sunday celebration, I went to Giant Eagle and I saw one of the members of the congregation. They're not here now, so I'm going to talk about them. If they were, I'd talk about them anyway. But I saw one of the members of the congregation, and I thought, oh, let me go say hi to them, because they were actually one of the board members too. And as I started to walk over to them, I saw him turn to his wife, who I still don't even know her name. I think she's been at one Christmas Eve service, haven't met her, blah, blah, blah. But... I, he turned to his wife, and I heard him say, as he pointed to me, and that's how he was dressed 
who does he think he is to preach like that? And I stopped, and as he started to turn back, I darted down another aisle. And I seriously, all the way home, I felt the sting of that slap to where I thought, God, this was a mistake. This is not where I want to stay. I want to stay where there's more of the Margaret Millers and less of the people that are going to smack me down because I don't dress the way that I think I should. And I, I, I kid you not, I don't have the Bible memorized, but I'm almost 100% positive the words suit, tie, and dress pants are not in the Bible and are not what defines a Christian. And to this day, I kid you not, and you may think this is a little weird, but it's a true story. To this day, if I see any of you guys out at the grocery store, I kind of hesitate. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, what, are they, what negative thing are they going to say? True story. Not to call her out. Is she in the room? Okay, she's back there. Not to call her out. The other day, I saw Bonnie's mom at Giant Eagle. And when the doors opened, I saw her, I recognized her, and I froze. And then the doors closed. And I'm like, um, I can't really go around because she was right there in the door. And then the doors opened again, and then Bonnie appeared. And I froze again, and I said, hi, hi, and I jetted off. Because in my mind, still to this day, when I see someone I know out in public, I immediately freeze and think, okay, are they going to say something negative? And I know that may be something I need to get over, and it is. And, you know, you guys pay me more, and I'll get a therapist. That's okay. But this is what happens when we, the church, when we focus on, hey, I've got to smack you down, rather than do what the Bible says and build one another up. Because we have to decide, every single person, right? We all know what sin is. We all know what's right. We all know what's wrong. And we have to decide, do we want to be like Cain and focus on, we want to, and this is why so many people, what the church is known for today is just smacking people down. Thou shalt not this. You can't dress like that. Your sex this. Your, your, uh, your earrings this. Your tattoo this. Your colored hair this. Your blah, 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 blah. Or do we want to be like Abel where the church is known for the righteous things that we do of loving one another and building people up? That's what we're supposed to be known for. So we were going to sing, but instead, I'm going to ask you guys to stand. Because I know for the most part, uh, all of us know people, and do not say any names, people who they live on the Cain side. They live to beat other people down who are different than them, who don't worship the way they want, who, who do all these things. Uh, I put up a video on TikTok. I don't even remember what the video was about, but there was a lady who commented who said, oh yeah, it was about people, church hurt, because there's so many people complaining about getting hurt by people in the church. And I put up a video responding to someone saying, hey, I'm so sorry you experienced that. Don't let that define the church. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And one lady commented and said, yeah, I went to a prayer meeting where all of the women in my community, not her congregation, her community, that are Christians, said, we've got to get together and let's pray for our community and pray for our congregations. So she showed up. And it was just an hour of not praying 
an hour of the women just bashing all the other congregations and all the other pastors that weren't like them. And she left and went outside the building and prayed for them and then prayed for all the congregations and pastors they were bashing. And the only people who can change the way the world sees the church is the church. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head. God, we know that there are people who look at the bad things that happen, the critical things that go viral, and they let that define what they believe the church is like. But we also know that there are good, God-honoring, loving people throughout all of your congregations. And we pray that just as your word says, that we are not like the Canes who focus and build their ministries on beating other people down. But we pray that we are like Abel, who did what was righteous in your sight and was determined to be a child of God. God, we pray that we would love people the way that you love us. And that we would let nothing come out of our mouths or go onto our posts or out of our comments or texts except what is useful for building other people up. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Uh, thank you guys. Pray that no one walks out of here like defeated and like, Ugh, but hopefully walk out of here excited about building people up and being the church and being the congregation or the people that changes the way people see the church because we have the power to do that with every person we see in every interaction. Pray that you guys have an awesome rest of your Sunday. Uh, finish off the Rita's water ice because I really don't want to take all that sugar home. Uh, God bless and see everyone next week. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you and God bless.